plus minus. Tim Kawakami deserves all the credit. Plus minus. That is a word right there. <laughs> What'd you say? Plus minus. Yeah, like, like you, Marcus Thompson. Marcus always tell the truth. Plus minus. The only thing that I would say to Ethan Strauss is that he's a pretty damn good reporter. Um, he's well plus respected. Minus. I think he got the highest plus minus in the season in NBA history. The new Warriors Plus Minus episode this week. We might as well start with some gambling odds. What are you going to give me for whether or not this bubble is going to happen? I don't know gambling odds. Ethan, set some some type of odds so we can decide if if we're laying money down or not. Like if it does, you're saying, is it going to start or is it going to start and stop or is it going to go all the way to the end? Oh, that's a good one. Whether it is going to start and run its way to completion. That's the interesting one. I've been more pessimistic than most, but I would if I was doing the book and everybody was betting on it, I'd go two to one. That it finishes. That it starts and it finishes. Yeah, I mean, like, so what would you say the odds are just it even start? Like getting to, let's just say get to a playoffs. Get to the first game of the playoffs. Ooh. Now I'm thinking in terms of percentages. I need, I need to go away from the odds. I need to think in terms of percentages and we can work backward from the odds. That it starts with one game. Let's go, let's go, it gets to the playoffs. I would go 57%. Even money, at least, that starts and gets going, I would guess. And ending? Yeah, I don't know about that one. Richard Deitch asked for a sports media prediction for the second half of the season, and I couldn't really think of anything good other than being negative. All negative me is, man, I, I mean, I think they're going to start. I think they're going to get through a lot of it. I think there's going to be little blips, but there's going to be issues with, with the coronavirus and with players' motivations, and are they going to show up and leave and come back? Uh, maybe I'll get to it, but I think it's going to be a dud. I think it's going to be a ratings dud at some point. I just think the emotion's going to be out of it, a lot of it. And I think not having fans for basketball, playoff basketball, is really going to affect the product. Not having announcers on site is going to affect the product. Not having writers, the normal complement, you know, what's it going to be? Like one fifteenth of the normal complement of, of journalists there. I think all that's going to add up and. and Maybe they get to an end. I would be a little more confident than Ethan is. What if the NFL season is starting simultaneous to the oh, uh, it will be yeah the whole I mean, stretch of the NBA? It's just nobody's gonna nobody cares. Nobody's gonna care. Well, one of the problems Tim kind of I guess alluded to it a little bit there. Like you know, typically with some of this, like remember when the Korean baseball league was starting? It was like man, let's just watch the first couple games to see how it is. The problem for the NBA is when they like unveil it, which I think there will be a lot of interest in those first few days, maybe even that first week. Like, what does this look like? They're not saying, "Hey, this is like playoffs, game one, everyone get hype." It's like, "Hey, Wizards, Suns, <laughs> uh, you know, like Lakers in a game that doesn't matter really for seeding because they're four games up in the West, and like LeBron will play twenty minutes to ramp himself up. Like that will be the first." couple weeks of people seeing it will be kind of somewhat meaning i mean you know seating purposes it matters but they're not playoff games so and then we all know how long the nba playoffs can feel let's say you know most of the higher seeds are up 3-0 3-1 in the first round like we're not going to be like man we gotta get up and watch this game four between bucks magic but what are the odds that they actually start i think they're going to start they, well, I mean, like start even the regular season game, whatever. Yeah, yeah, that the bubble gonna, actually yeah. happens. And, if and they that. get to Orlando, yes, to me. And I, I aren't teams like flying there now? I mean, I think no. Like, uh, July. I thought to, 
Oh, I thought Toronto was like flying there now. Toronto is doing training camp, I believe, at Florida Gulf Coast University. Ooh, those twenty-two to one odds looking mighty, mighty tempting. They're they're locked in. They're already they're already practicing for this. There's that quarantine and all that stuff. So like they had to be there early. So like they're already they're there. Like they're they're ready to not ready to go, but like so teams are kind of getting ready to go. LeBron and Chris Paul want this to happen. You got two teams at least that are determined to stick it out. Now, the problem is there's going to be players here and there, teams here and there. They're just going to have no interest and either not show up or show up half-heartedly or get half show up with interest and then get half-hearted. I think that's going to be communicated the TV screen. It's going to be communicated throughout the franchise. And you, you might just get like half of a bracket, just like forget about it. Who cares? But didn't they have these 22 teams because teams wanted to participate and they wanted to? So why would they be half-hearted if they're... Well, we're seeing some of the players don't seem that excited. I mean, maybe the franchise wanted to be The in, franchise, but... but not the players, right? Yeah. Well, they're saving $300 million in player salaries. There are a whole bunch of teams in this where, hey, you could play in this and win a championship that... Because you're the team that won it, we'll all say didn't count. You know, like like if you if hey wizards, if you jump through all the hoops, it's actually really impossible for them to even qualify. But one of these teams, one of these teams on the fringes, if the Magic won this, they're sullying the whole thing just by virtue of succeeding, which I don't think has to be that motivating if you're on the Orlando Magic. Nah, if you're in the Orlando Magic, you're taking <laughs> that championship. <laughs> I think it needs to continue to be reiterated to every player that their money is on the line. This is everybody's money. You talk about Davis for Tots. Okay, that's fine, Davis for Tots. I understand why you don't want to play. The Wizards are not going to, you know, maybe even they squeak in, but they're zero threat. You you have a big restricted free agency coming up. You've earned your paycheck. You don't want to go get hurt. But if every player did what Davis Bertans did, Davis Bertans is getting a lot less money in free agency because there's just less money to go around the league. And that, to me, just every player, I think, needs to have that hammered in their brain. Is they're saving their own dollars. This is how they screwed up. They needed to make it like World Series of Poker. They needed to have money on the table for the playoff <laughs> games. Just show the money and Be like that three hundred to- million we saving y'all. You gonna make me play for it? <laughs> right here, right here, right here. <laughs> Just put it all in the Epcot Center, huh? <laughs> they can make it like if you win, you get better hotel rooms. That would really do it. Well, they've already done that with the seating. Yeah, just the really seating, good. but like you could try to win your way to the top. I just think the motivation is going to be scrambled. Some guys will have, and some teams will have a lot of motivation. Some won't, and we're gonna see it. We're gonna hear about it. It's gonna come through the screen. And that is going to be a chance. Like we just don't. know. That's what makes it unpredictable. Like like Ethan was right, and it is, it is a gambling thing. Is it, there's way more variance on this than we've ever since. There's no home court advantage since we don't know who's going to show up. We don't know who might test positive within the bubble. We don't know who's going to adhere to the bubble protocol and who might get caught not adhering to the bubble protocol. We don't know who's in shape. We don't know who's in shape. We don't know who's what coaches are, are got the teams together. What coaches don't. It's messy. We don't know whose family's going to fall apart. Because because they're apart for three months. Exactly. Like, and 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 that might affect, the, but that will affect the players. Or if they want to leave for a little while and come back. And I just think that's going to lead to scrambled play. It's going to lead to scrambled ratings. It's going to lead to all sorts of things. I I hope it's really interesting. It's good for our business. Clearly. Uh, and maybe there's going to be storylines worth writing. And a little if LeBron and is plays the Clippers in the fine in the West Finals, and then he plays whoever in the East. 
it's going to be interesting. We're going to watch LeBron, but it's going to be less. It's going to be like a fraction of what we normally feel and are into an NBA postseason. Like that's, I just can feel this coming. And to be clear, we want this to happen safely, of course. This is what we would, the, the thing we all, everybody on this call right now, we want this playoffs to happen. We would want it to be a huge success and there's no health downside whatsoever. It would be fantastic for us. We're not, we're not why trying to seem like this? we're rooting again. <laughs> what? Why, why would we want this? Because it's for good business. for business. <laughs> it's good for business. And frankly, I love sports. I love basketball. I, I would like to see a tournament where I get to write about gambling angles and I get to see strategy. I'm, I'm sorry. I might be torn. I'm not as I'm not as convinced about this as you are. We're convinced I, I, about I, what? Wanting this to happen. Oh, you don't want it to happen. I'm not uh, over the moon like, oh, this has to happen. Like, I'm not in that headspace. Like, I mean, you, you you just got through saying it might be terrible. Is it gonna be good for business? Well, no, 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 no. I'm trying to I'm trying to sketch out like the uh, the, ideal, optimal, the ideal, the ideal. Like, I don't know if I want what's actually going to happen to happen. You know, to what you're saying. But if there's some fantasy of what it would be like, and it's you know, it, it it's oh my god, this is like the Elam ending times a thousand. Then yes, I just think the NBA salvaging the money is what matters more than maybe the product. You know, because we're talking about trying to save next season, trying to save the next decade of the league. And they salvage the money, right? Because if they don't play this, the networks are going to want a refund, right? Yeah, right. Oh, they didn't we'll get, get the, they refund. didn't get the playoff we'll product. We yeah, they they paid for. What can happen on that end of things with the broadcast rights? Because the NBA right now is frankly being floated by a lot of TV money that is not on the level of the interest in the league. It was a bet on interest in the league being bigger than it ultimately became when the deal was signed, um, you know, 2014, 2015. The NBA did not blow up like the people who made that deal would want it to be. So... I really wonder what could happen legally if the networks did have an out and could walk away from it. I mean, that is, yeah, that could potentially be uh, an incredible disaster. But man, I mean, if I'm just completely frank, I, I don't know anything about the legalities of TV broadcast rights and the billions of dollars. If they have the postseason, they they can't get out of it. That's the that's the point. Is like that's why they're having it. And the CBA is coming up, you know, I mean, I'm sorry, the contracts come up again with the networks in a couple of years and they want to maintain, you know, that relationship with them. That's a big part of this. If we can think this way, like if the Warriors, let's say the Warriors, Steph didn't get hurt, things turned out better for them and they were like the sixth seed in the West right now. Let's just take Clay out of it. You know, let's just assume. Uh, we should Although, keep Clay in it. Keep Clay keep in it, baby. Let's go. <laughs> I just dawned on me, like, remember they're saying before camp or into the camp, Clay, maybe we'll see. I don't know. You know, like there was kind of this wishy-washy, we'll reevaluate him later. And then all of a sudden, in the middle of camp, Kerr just blurts out to, to Logan Murdoch, he's not going to play this year. It's clear he's not going to play this year. You think some of that was Kerr looking at this team and going, we're so bad, it's not even a chance that we're going to be good enough for Clay. It's what we talked about a few weeks ago, right? He knew early. He was sending the... The signals out publicly early on, including after they got blasted by the Clippers opening night. Yeah, I think that was kind of, he was just trying to alert the fan base to tame down the expectations. Uh, and I think that was, you know, for his coaching staff and his young players more than anything entering the season. Because the reality is if they were if they were better than they thought, if they were in the playoff chase, they could have always said, hey, Clay's, and if Clay's knee was there, 
he could have, you know, they could have announced him back. It's not like they officially ruled him out till you know, whatever, February, late February. I'm just saying, I, I didn't, I just hadn't really tied it. This was in camp again, remember? This wasn't the Clippers. This was in camp where all of a sudden Curry just blurts out, he's not going to play this season. I don't think that had to do with Clay's health. As well, I mean, obviously it had to do with this is a long rehab, but I think in Kerr's mind it was we put, you know, we, we give a blurry answer when we think we might have a chance. Look, at, I just, I've just seen them through seven practices and we stink. And that was all of a sudden why he blurted it out. I just, I just connected in my head. I, you know, kind of went back. I was connecting like the D'Angelo Russell stuff to it and, and not change the offense. And now I'm thinking, I think that Clay thing was about Kerr going, eh, this is not going to be a point to it. Kerr was reading and hearing predictions that they were going to make the finals again which included like clay was going to like ride in on his horse and march and like give them the final push that would make them the favorites in the west again and they remember they played the lakers four times in preseason and it was like cover your eyes what is going on down there that it was right in the middle of that he was like i just i cannot have the fan base thinking we're a title favorite or not favorite but at least like a contender okay let's let's go back then let's say let's have clay as a question mark then going into this if the warriors are six seed What's the atmosphere around this team? If they're in the bubble, that they're qualified, are we thinking, hey, they might take a run at it? What are we thinking? Overvalued odds. <laughs> I would I would short them, is I think what I would do. Clay would be the big question because again, like we, we know now he's been cleared medically. Now, you know, Kevin Durant, that's kind of what the Nets are dealing with, right? I mean the Nets are the seventh seed. They could be very dangerous in the East if KD decided to play and even Kyrie. But they've already kind of declared themselves out. So I could see them going, yes, Clay medically could, but we've kind of punted the season already. But like you said, if they were the sixth seed, I, you know, it'd be interesting. Can you imagine that story? I'll tell you what, the NBA would love to have that. The TV ratings would be, story, yeah, that, the TV ratings would be, no question, would be, and, and every one of their games would be incredible TV ratings. Maybe we'd look at them after two games and go, okay, Clay's not coming back. But I do think, I've said this before, not to inflate the value of the, the Warriors around the league, but it, the league really does miss them, especially in this, because it, it, it just becomes a LeBron storyline, and that's been the storyline for so many years now that you, the Warriors altered that by their arrival, and you take them out, and it's just it just becomes tilted. It just becomes too much about LeBron and, and not enough about just the rest of the conversation. And if they were in it, even the, in it as a wounded, you know, not 100%, not sure who's all going to play element, it would be the second most compelling element other than LeBron. Right right now, the Warriors, as a, as a sixth seed, would be the second most compelling element about this. I don't think that's local bias either. I think that's, I mean, they're like 25% of the NBA talk on national media after a full season of just stinking. They're just talked about all the time. I'm I'm amazed. I'm amazed at how often they're talked about. It's often in this sort of trolling way. And Oh, yeah, Kend- it's because they're the villains as well yeah. as, you know. Kendrick Perkins says this or somebody says that about Steph Curry, but they're the conversation piece. I found my way on Scott Van Pelt show uh, just talking about how they would be better next season. I was thinking, really? But then you start thinking about it, and there just aren't that many teams in the NBA that people care about on a national level. It's the Lakers. And the Warriors. <laughs> that might be. That might be about it. That might be it. Which I mean, is I crazy, have, right? I might like, have offended somebody. Where, where are the Celtics? Where are the <laughs> Sixers? Yeah, Toronto. 
Giannis talk is out there, so we can kind of loop the Bucks into but that. That's um, an NBA. But, that's an NBA thing. That's he is not a household name. I mean, he's not. He de- he he deserves to be, but he's not. You're not hearing it about the 43 and 22 Denver Nuggets with, with skinny <laughs> Nikola Jokic. They're all over the news. Yeah, Ethan's Ethan's Utah Jazz. Come on now. Come yeah, on I would now. love to just go up and down Your my favorite street. Utah Jazz. I'd love to go up and down my street just asking random passerbys. Who is the star of the Milwaukee Bucks? I, I would like to do that test. I want to run that run that experiment. I think they got a better right. chance than the star of the Denver Nuggets. I'll tell you that. Yep. Yep. No question, right? They probably wearing his shoes. Don't know who Giannis is. But. <laughs> that Greek guy. That Greek guy. <laughs> Slater, uh, catch us up on on Clay. You wrote about his uh, his his health this week. Uh, give give us the insight of where Clay is and why it had to be uh, sourced because <laughs> they're not ready to officially announce it yet. Well, yeah, uh, he's working out on his own. He has not been in the practice facilities mostly been down in orange county a little bit in the east bay but all been in private gyms uh and a couple weeks ago his own physician um finally gave like the go ahead on the knee like hey the knee is 100 percent healthy um you can train to whatever level your conditioning allows you to because the body's ready in the sense the knee's ready at least um so he's been doing that for a few weeks ramping it up uh, they had a couple coaches down in Orange County. This would have been last Thursday. Chris DeMarco and Steve Kerr actually drove up from San Diego to watch the workout. From what I heard, it was like really high intensity. Um, it was almost like the next stepping stone for him. If this was the middle of the regular season, even if this was a normal offseason, Clay would be starting to do you know contact stuff, scrimmaging. You know, maybe he'd be out one of these like UCLA type runs, but he would really be starting to kind of test. Uh, the body in in a full game setting problem, as we all know, no player right now can do that. Um, July 11th will be the first time NBA players at least sanctioned in league facilities. Um, although it'll be Orlando, I guess, but we'll be allowed to like contact scrimmage. So um, Clay's camp basically right now is waiting for the date that they're told the Warriors are going to be allowed to have this summer mini camp, which by the way, we, we haven't even been assured that that's going to happen, but the Warriors expect it. Once Clay's camp gets that date, they are going to set a ramp up schedule that is similar to the, you know, how we all know how diligent Clay is in just his individual work, right? Um, they are going to set his typical off season ramp up to a training camp right before what will be this summer mini camp. Um, and, and again, they're just kind of waiting on the date. It's a little bit in a stall right now. Um, in a weird way, because he can't do the advanced stuff that he wants to do. If this was the regular middle of the season, we, there would be that curtain being pulled across the middle of the, the old Warriors facility. The curtain, the curtain. Yeah. Then, yeah, well, not nah, now. We just wouldn't be allowed in there, right? Yeah, now, yeah, yeah, yeah. They can't have the curtain anymore. That's no good. That's like, yeah, they love pulling that curtain. We'd be having these debates like we had. Remember with Steph in March when it was like there was like three weeks of these podcasts. We'd come on and be like, "Why aren't they okay?" And why didn't you know? Remember the March first target that that the Warriors kind of blew past it would be kind of nearing that point I I would bet like you know hey I Hollinger put out you know said he was the worst contract I think in the NBA right now or at least whatever it was and I understand a lot of that I bet you Clay and other people are commenting he might not have his lateral mobility they might you know he's not going to be declining value I bet you Clay's seen some of this and is just dying to be back on the court I mean you mentioned it in story two 
to Slater, like, you know, this guy, he, basketball, he loves basketball. That's what he loves to do. It's where he finds joy, basketball and Rocco. And he hadn't been able to do that for now over a year. And, man, I can just imagine uh, he's he, – now, he took a break. He was away from the team this season. Uh, he wasn't around much. But, man, I bet, you, I bet you part of that was also because he wanted to play. If he's going to be around, he wants to play. So I, I just think we're going to see a pretty passionate, pretty fired-up Clay whenever we see him again. I, I don't buy the decline in value either. I think that kind of player, off-ball shooting. It's not like he's out here crossing dudes up, right? Yeah. Or just like, I, I, didn't, I didn't even understand that. Yeah, you look at Ray Allen. Ray I, I Allen, mean, defensively, perhaps. Yeah, there it's might defensively. Be some, uh, it's defensively. But yeah, I think it's a little bit. But that's not value. Yeah. Nobody's calculating monetary value, you know, like based on defense. Like. Well, no, a little bit, a little bit. I mean, I would say a lot of players. Yeah, that's why. That's why he's making forty. It's not, you know, he's not making twenty five. I'm saying there's no team that's gonna say I'm not gonna give him the money because he doesn't move that well laterally defensively. Like nobody's saying that. If he if he gets twenty five points and his jumper looks good, the market will be big for him. And that game. It, it ages well you know we've seen so many guys come back from acls and they're fine again some sometimes not but again he should but i i get the conversation i'm just saying i understand the conversation uh, i got in the middle of it a couple weeks ago when i said there's you know when when whoever said that oh yeah that's the warriors have to put clay into a trade offer for Giannis, and people said of course the warriors could never trade clay they could never he's too valuable so no He's actually not that valuable with his contract. There's no way Milwaukee, if they're trading Giannis, if they're going to trade him, would want an older player coming off the ACL making that kind of money. And then I heard all kinds of backlash on it. So I'm in the middle of this. I 100% understand why the Warriors gave him the contract, even after the injury. I understand why he would have, could have gone somewhere else if he wanted to. I'm still saying that he's making a ton of money. And it's just fascinating that Warriors fans think you couldn't possibly trade him. He's too valuable to trade him for Giannis. And when he, when I don't think Milwaukee would want him for Giannis. It, that's just the reality of the position where he's in right now at age 31. Milwaukee doesn't want anyone for Giannis because Milwaukee's not trading Giannis. That's the other thing. The whole thing is based on if Giannis says, if you don't trade me, I will go for nothing. That's the point. That, and and, and that hasn't reached anywhere close to that. It's not going to happen. Uh, I don't know. I don't know about this. <laughs> this summer, this summer, you think it's gonna happen? I mean, look, I, I let me put it this way: I've seen, I've seen some crazier things in the NBA. I guess I would put it that way. He's gonna right? demand out this summer. This is the summer it would have to happen. I mean, Anthony Davis. You know how different the Pelican situation was. That Giannis, Giannis is better than Anthony Davis. That the that <laughs> no, the, that the Bucks joking. are a title the, contender. And the Pelicans weren't anywhere close to a but title. But you know how these guys think. They don't think like that. They think I don't have guys. I don't have superstars. I mean, that's typically if the Pelicans how NBA were the think. number one seed when Anthony Davis was nearing the end of his contract in New Orleans. He would not have told them what he did. They just weren't that good. That's why he did that. I agree with you. If the premise is this is why it probably won't happen. But if we're going all the way to there's no way it will happen. I can't get there with you. I could see him leaving. I just, uh, particularly the summer that's ahead of us with how crunched that the end of the season will be with like, you know, free agency and the draft and everything. I just don't see any way there's a turnaround where not only does Giannis call for a trade, but the Bucks go, you know what? We got to do it. The Bucks could just say, you know what? Come back. You can leave. We need to go win a title because if we trade you, we have given away any chance of a title. The Thunder could have traded KD, but there was never even any chatter because there's a difference. With a KD and a Giannis, we're talking about two straight MVPs. I see zero chance the Milwaukee franchise will trade him before 
his free agency, and then once he gets a free how agency, many, I don't how see many him flirty more. overtures has Giannis made in the direction of Steph Curry? If oh wow, he tweeted it. something. I mean, that to me, that's I think that's a very like just empty. Hey, it way could go either way, play. though, right? We've seen it be empty, right? But we've also seen it end up being way more than what we thought. Like, I mean, I I think from Giannis's end, yeah, I what think if from Giannis's says no, they just go no, we're not trading you. You know, and they might. It depends. You know, and this crunch season, I think, yeah, because it doesn't have all the elements that we're normally used to seeing. This long play out, and then you know they go in as a one seed and they struggle in the first round, and no one shoots the ball well, and then they win, but they struggle in the second round. And he's and he's frustrated, and he's looking over at other places and says, "Just get me out of here." But yeah, I, I say it's unlikely, and it would be this summer. It could be next summer in, in some in a different format. That makes it challenging for the Warriors because then you're talking sign and trade. Then you're talking you got to empty the the whole yes, team. Yes. Yeah. Well, that's that. Well, that's the point. Is that's why you try to build up contracts. I think the crisis helps Milwaukee, quote unquote, helps more so than if it was business as usual. I think if it was business as usual. But now I feel like security might be something people go for or just normalcy. People miss normalcy. You know, I don't know if people have the mentality I want to shake up my whole life. I think people are of the mentality of I'd like to return to what it was. So I'm with Anthony on the idea that this probably won't happen. But I would in the NBA. Very likely it won't happen. <laughs> yeah, in the NBA, when superstars get what they want, typically, and superstars make the rules, I would never say never on it. And I would say the power of the superstar is probably going to be exacerbated after this because to get their revenue back, they're going to have to lean on these guys. They're going to have to have stars. Nope. Nobody's going to watch starless teams anymore. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? You got you to have a draw. So his value is probably only going to increase from that end. In a world where there's a shrunken salary cap, if there is one, he, he's just becomes even more valuable because that number goes down. And I'll, in a very different situations, different players, but who knew that Paul George was going to force a trade and who knew that Oklahoma City would just say, fine, you just don't know sometimes. And I just think that you have to be prepared for it. If you're, if you're all the other teams, you have to know it's coming. The chatter's coming if it's Milwaukee. And if this thing blows up, if they get blown out and nobody else shoots the ball on that team, which is kind of what we saw in the Eastern Conference Finals last year. I mean, if they lose to Toronto this season, like he's going to go and I'm projecting here. So he might not. But if I'm him, I might go, I can't beat him when they got Kawhi and I can't beat him when they don't have Kawhi. What the hell? So like there's a there's a path here. You can just I'm not saying it would be the Warriors, but they'd be one of them. We've seen this too many times where it there is a path to this, and sometimes that's where the superstars go. I, I would say I do not know if the Warriors can be the ones to capitalize, and I would also say the other caveat that I think the crisis probably helps Milwaukee retain him. But look, if he ended up leaving, nobody could say that there was a total absence of signs, right? Like, you couldn't say that. There have been signs. It's not... It's not like he has necessarily said, in the way that Clay Thompson did when his contract was coming up, why would I ever want to leave? I love it here. And I am you know intend to resign, right? I think what's being underrated is how tricky the Warriors cap situation. No, the um, Warriors would be tough. The Warriors would be tough, no question. They owe about $140 million, um, two years from now to four, guy, to four guys. Yeah, Warriors are not in a great spot. We also have no idea. I mean, after this whole thing, force majeure might kick in. They might shake up the entire CBA. And at that point, 
who even just who even knows who even knows the whole snow globe could be shaken up and it is so hard to game out how restrictive the future is going to be for teams that have spent a lot of money if the entire CBA is going to end up getting renegotiated. So, yeah, but I don't, yeah, the Warriors position, uh, suboptimal. In my opinion, he's going to get to free agency. I just, I just do not see Milwaukee pulling the trigger on a trade. I just, that is just my opinion. So I think he would have to get to free agency. Then once he gets there, say, hey, I really want to go to the Warriors, do a sign and trade. And then the Warriors would have to, uh, either use Wiggins and Thompson in a signage rate, and then also have to trade the other one somehow to somebody without taking salary back, which would be very challenging to get off a Wiggins contract or a Clay contract for nothing. I mean, you probably have to attach picks and different stuff to that and find a team that could absorb that without giving you salary back. Like, those machinations are just so difficult for me to imagine being done. So even if Giannis wants it to happen, I'm not even sure if it can really, like, go down. If you really want to play it out, I think there's going to be an amnesty. I really, I think that's going to be part of however they try to figure this out. Yeah, that would help this pipe dream. Amnesty, you'd amnesty Draymond. That's what they would do. And they would put and hope Wiggins has value and put the two picks they have. And that's how you do it. And again, I don't even know. I don't, I don't even know if they could do that. Like whether Milwaukee would want that. Cause they well, would the problem is the hard cap there. And, and Giannis's max, Clay's max, and Steph's max will take you over the hard cap. So you can't really have those three on the team if you're doing a sign and trade. Maybe, maybe if the CBA changes and, and, and sign and trades don't hard cap you, then we're talking about a different world. But the problem is, I mean, those three by themselves, we're talking 45 million, like 35 and 35, basically. You can't really have that on a hard cap team. There would be a lot of numbers they'd have to juggle, but I'll just say it's a non-zero chance and they have to position themselves for it. And I think that's would be Giannis's first choice. So that's why they real if, if he wanted to go. So it all have to be in play. Do you think a majority of the owners want more flexibility? I mean, that's, that's the question. I think they, I don't think they're going to lock this up. I don't think they're going to say, you know what? That, that luxury tax you thought was going to be 123, it's now 105. That I don't think is going to happen. I, 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 there, the too many teams would get totally screwed and players would get totally screwed for that to happen. I think what they're going to do is going to keep the numbers where kind of where they thought it was going to be and they're going to just take a massive escrow out. Like, so it's just going to be 10% less of everybody's number, but everybody's number isn't going to screw up the entire league salary situation. That's what I think. So teams will be as flexible as they kind of thought they were going to be going this season. It's just going to be everybody's going to make 10% less than they thought they were or whatever that escrow number is going to have to be. They're going to pull it out that way rather than, you know what, Warriors, you thought you're going to have a $60 million uh, luxury tax. Now it's going to be 120. And you know what? All these other teams that you thought you were going to be five million in, in, in luxury tax, now it's twenty. I just don't think they're going to do that. It just it messes everybody up, and then you don't have any movement. And you know what? As we as we said, this the, the off season is more interesting than the postseason or regular season. We've said, and you can't just say, okay, no more off season movement. Everybody's stuck. They're not going to do that. I might drop my odds, though, for this whole playoff bubble happening. I've been the pessimist on it, and as I see it, as I see reports that there are players. The NBA is bracing, as Wojnarowski said, for a bunch of players to have it. I'm just looking at it. I'm thinking, how much of this thing can still be preserved? I know we're getting back to the start of the show and we're coming all the way back to it. But now I'm like just thinking, what if it's a lot? What if it's quite a few? I mean, what are we? <laughs> I think players having it now is okay. You know, I mean, look, it's it's not necessarily great optics, but the season is still, what, six weeks away? 
but what about lung damage? I mean, that's a, I and I look. I if one no of idea. them are like definitely symptomatic, but the crazy thing is, particularly you're seeing with these college teams, it's like 22 Clemson players had it, and like none of them were showing symptoms. So to me, do you get lung lung damage if you don't have symptoms? I mean, again, like we're probably getting too yeah, deep no, into the science. No, no clue. Get Nate Duncan on the call. Oh right? well, actually, um, no. <laughs> so I was gonna do my Nate. <laughs> I mean, sure. Look, if, and look to me, if there's a report of somebody like being in severe medical shape because of this that very much would change the uh, equation but you know what's more likely is a coach or two having some symptoms now what happens if a coach is out i, I mean i assume you, they just keep going but that would be weird i mean that would be something that would feel tangibly weird when you're watching and there's i don't want to name any names but just, you know somebody's coach is not there for the rest of the playoffs Although the Warriors have experienced this, I should say it just pops in my head. You know, it's not like the war. You know, we haven't seen this before. So anyone getting in bad medical shape would, for any of these leagues that are trying to to restart, would be big trouble. It's precarious. Basically, if you're listening to this podcast and you feel like you have the skills to uh, cure COVID nineteen, you know, please just please just get right on that. That would be great. They've, they've been waiting it. and waiting and waiting, and then they just heard that and go, you, now, now I'll do it. Now I'll do it. Yeah, now, okay, okay. <laughs> no, no. There's this ionization air conditioner that apparently is available in Arizona. Only in the Phoenix. <laughs> it's it's great for the for for the coronavirus. Not this coronavirus, however, but a coronavirus. Well, I want to switch topic. I just dawned on me because uh, I mentioned that when the Warriors didn't have their head coach, just saw the reports of it by The Athletic that Mike Brown is interviewing for the next job. Uh, Slater, you think this one might have some legs? From what I've heard, he's one of many people interviewing for the job. I would guess no. I You still kind of get the sense Thibodeau's the favorite there, just because of his connection uh, with the new regime there. CAA, baby. CAA. Yeah. I think even like you know Vegas puts odds on everything now. Don't count out Mikey though. You know, I to do my Warren Legary imitation uh, for those who don't know, agent to Mike Brown, who has said, "Greatest interviewer, greatest interviewer of any coach. Nobody's better. Nobody's better, baby. Nobody. Mike Brown, best interviewer, not even close." I think not only would the Knicks obviously have to come to the end of the process and go, you know what, Mike Brown's the guy we want to give it to, but I think Mike Brown would then have to have a conversation with himself. He has talked about being very selective on his next opportunity going somewhere he really feels like success is set up for him because he's you know we've all had conversations with him about his past I mean uh you know the situation in LA and particularly the situation the second time around in Cleveland was kind of set up for failure I don't see him stepping into an organization he believes is set up for him to be a scapegoat after you know let's say a year and a half two years and what is the recent history of the New York Knicks say about you know the coaches that they hire? So I doubt it happens, but I can't say it won't for sure. Well, I mean, he does want to be a head coach, I think, at some point. And I think the Cavaliers' money has finally run out, right? I think finally r- ran out. But uh, he's got plenty of money. It's not like he's racing to go anywhere, and I'm sure the Warriors pay him just fine. But, uh, yeah, the Knicks are the, the, the anti-Warriors, as Steve Kerr proved. And I'm sure Steve would give him a couple eye rolls on this one. I could see him saying, you know what? At some point, I want to get back in. He's still a young man. He's not like he needs to rush. But at some point, he'd like to get back in. If that's the right spot, although I don't know that it is. It raised my eyebrows when I saw it. I was like, you know, there, this might be close to the time for him to say, I just want to get back in and I, I want to show what I can do. But maybe this one, this one is it. I think the right opportunity this summer would 
lure him away. I'm just not sure it's there. Don't also rule him out for college. He has an eye for potentially college for the right situation too. USD come back, coach the Terreros. I think he like, might want to hire still profile multiple job. checks though. Is he still or no, did I that? Think, I, think, I think that just ended last year. Last year, I think UNLV. He was rumored a couple years ago, but you know. Just talking to him, I think it would have to be a warm weather, high profile school. UCLA, you know, something UCLA? like a UCLA. Who you know? They, I don't even think they went after him. Hook it up, Bob Myers. You know, let's uh, <laughs> do a favor. Bob Myers still thinks they're gonna hire like you know Brad Stevens or something. He's the ultimate UCLA is the greatest job ever, and every time it opens up, they can't get Brad Stevens or Billy Donovan or Rick Patino. I mean, Patino it was in a previous time, so. That's a little Bob Myers uh, insight, by the way, and, and and it isn't alone in UCLA hierarchy. They every I covered that team. Every time a job opens, it's like let's go get the best coach possibly available. Let's go get Pat Riley, and uh, no, that's not how it happens. I wonder why not. I wonder for such a storied program. Yeah, the money, the money is never. It's it's this public university where they don't have the same amount of. Uh, you know, they don't have the purse strings of some other places, and they just don't believe in paying the head coach that kind of money. They never have. They didn't pay Wooden that kind of money, you know, in, in the marketplace. So you really go over it. They have never, like, it was supposed to be Danny Crum. They didn't hire him. It was supposed to, you know, like, they've gone through all these things where they've never hired that guy. Howland was close to that, not really. And they've never paid, like, Mike Montgomery did not want that job. And a lot of it because he didn't want that situation, AAU, all the agents around, but also like they were never going to pay him anything that would make it worth his while to, to leave Stanford for. I, I think Stanford was going to pay him more than UCLA. It's just this weird, this incredible place, destination job, everybody's rumored for it. And they, like a member of Alvano, they went after hard and it's just, just they weren't going to pay enough money. And they just never do. And they've gone through this time after time where they, you know, it's the names I've heard that them trying to be involved with and who they've ended up with. It's a, you know, it's how they end up with Steve Alford. They just don't pay that kind of money. You would think UCLA would pay. And now I don't know if they have the cachet with young players coming up that, you know, somebody that even like myself, I think of UCLA as storied and it evokes something in me. I think if you're, if you're coming up as a, as a young basketball player, USC, UCLA, what's the difference really? That's why UCLA should be televising those runs or something like, you know, put them yeah, on YouTube. Yeah, at, the, at the men's gym. Yeah, right, yeah. The, the yeah. runs are better than the games. <laughs> yep, yep, yep. I mean, you got magic in there and all, all the rest. But yeah, it's, 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 it, having covered UCLA, I can just tell you, it's the sense of it within the program, within the school, within the alums versus where they are. Like, like yeah, even the agents are all from UCLA. That's that the whole scene is UCLA. But the program itself just isn't there, you know, and they've had great talent. Kevin Love, Russell Westbrook, we, know, we all know who's been through there. But Baron Davis, it's just not the same for like to get the coach there. They just never can do that. It's a hard kind of puzzle piece to try to exactly explain why. But because I know tons of people there, friends of mine are from there, and they always say Brad Stevens, Billy Donovan, you know, Mark Few, like bum, 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 bum. And uh, it never happens. It never, never, never happens. Warriors might get another player this week. Who? Who? Uh, we'll see. But they have. Do they have to make their decision on Bender now, or? Yeah, yeah. Bender and Ch- Bender and Chas and Randall, as of today, are not on the roster. The ten days expired today, so they're down to thirteen players. So they have two open roster spots this week during this little brief window. But they can only sign one guy because a second one put him over the tax. And I'm just gonna I'm gonna go out on a limb and assume they're not going to uh, go get a minimum available free agent that'll spike them into the you know <laughs> repeater tax next year. So they will probably sign one guy this week, and 
the priority I get the sense will be somebody that basically can, they'll sign to like a non-guaranteed minimum next year so they can you know basically like a Michael Mulder type where they can bring him into camp cut him at any time but you know a, a guy they prioritize who potentially could be part of the future if he's good in camp so does Toscano Anderson have a contract for, for yeah yeah season? he I yeah, mean he it's does. just okay. it's the same con- I mean it's completely non-guaranteed they can cut him at any time but he's under their control same with uh Kai Bowman and Mulder they're under all the same non-guaranteed. So the only decisions are ben, ben, like Bender and Randall could sign with another team right now okay. yes and the Warriors will, like I said, only sign one guy. Jordan Bell's available. There you go. Jordan Bell, let's go. There you go. <laughs> let's bring back cash considerations, baby. Let's go. <laughs> Chicago. Send him to Chicago. They, they love you him see, there. DeMarcus Cousins is available. DeMarcus Cousins could sign with any playoff team and play in the playoffs. It sounds like he's not going to, according to Shams. But, man, that would be kind of an interesting wrinkle. We kind of went through that last season, right? I mean, like he was this wild card. Like, he didn't know what was going to happen, so... And then what got hurt then came back surprisingly. I, I, I'm blurry with all these developments with him. All right. Ethan has to go move. Uh, Tim Kawakami has 80 million other things to do. And me and Slater got chilling to do. Right, Slater? We I good? hope so. Yeah, let's do it. <laughs> all right. We're out of here until next week. We looking back next week? Yeah, we'll look back. Slater's got a nomination. Worst. We all knew. Bleep that out. We don't want anybody stealing stealing the idea. We'll we'll do some of those games. One of those games. All right, we're out of here.